I'm John Ryan, and this is Pod Roast. This week, get rich quick with This Is Money, if you stay awake long enough to learn anything. And with its chippy exhortation of slow news, what does Tortoise's sensemaker make of Piers Morgan's ITV departure? Now, as someone who giggles like a schoolgirl every time someone else says double dip, I might be an unlikely person to review an economics podcast, but there you are. It was budget week and needs must. Georgie Frost opens this Daily Mail-fronted podcast with a cheery, welcome to This Is Money podcast, which straight away gets me tussing. Surely it's the This Is Money podcast. Or perhaps welcome to your This Is Money podcast. Or maybe it's don't come up with a clumsy name for your newspaper coverage of something or other if you then want to reverse it into other media types. That makes it literally two seconds before I get a chance to air my built-in prejudices as a radio guy. There are some good newspaper podcasts out there, The Times Red Box, say. And there are plenty more where you can almost hear those today-loving Watto wannabes thinking, well, I can write... Of course I can present. Georgie says, alongside her and editor Simon Lambert today, is assistant editor Lee Boyce and special guest pensions and investment editor Tanya Jeffries. That's a lot of editors. She promises budget coverage, including a huge victory for This Is Money, on behalf of hundreds of thousands of elderly women, who I'm sure will be delighted to be thus described. As I've said before, podcast rundowns are for rundown podcasts. She also tells us not to forget about the app and website to stay in touch with the money news. So let's unpack this a bit. It's a dry read. No music, no sense of moment, not like the start of a show. She hurdles through it without any sense of cadence, like she needs to rush to the bit with all the editors. So many editors! No one cares about titles. Put interesting people on with interesting things to say. Especially assistant this or special guest that. They're all in the employ of Viscount Rothermere anyway, so there's nothing particularly special about her being there where she works. Essentially, this has started exactly like you'd expect some male hacks getting worked up about the budget to sound. It's hugely written, at least in the queue, and not in a particularly conversational manner. It sounds like Georgie's reading out the Daily Mail, unsurprisingly, uh, just way too quickly. She asks her colleagues for their holistic response to the budget first, and Simon steps up. He sounds a bit wearied, like we've buttonholed him on his way to the coffee machine. It was an OK budget, he says. He calls the Chancellor Richie, which sounds way too pally. There are moments he comes to life a little. The corporation tax rise is a complete screeching U-turn on previous Tory party policy, he says. He talks about how sole traders have been left high and dry through lockdown. And he says it was like a movie you think is done, but then cranks up again for another half hour. Now, there's an annoying newspaper podcast thing going on here where one scheme is described as a version of Eat Out to Help Out. And yes, I still snigger at that too. He describes it as pie in the sky in the way that all newspaper people are intoxicated by crappy puns. Georgie even adds a vocal cymbal crash to underline his punning ability before also calling him Rishi. What is it about the current bunch that's hypnotised great sections of the media, not just conservative sock puppets like the male, to talk about these characters using only their Christian names? It's Johnson and Sunak. Add misters, if you must, or use their titles. We never talked about Teresa and Sajid, or David and George. 
Now, Lee has more life when he comes on. He couldn't decide whether the sugar rush from his Greg's delivery was wearing thin or the Chancellor went on too long, he says. I love how you imagine people in podcasts. In my head, Lee comes across as a Harry Lorty Rob-style character from industry. I checked him out on Google Images. He's actually more like a skinnier James Corden. The pandemic bill is £400 billion so far, and we could be getting tax day surprises to help fill the hole, he says. Lee also takes a shot at Sunak's glossy videos and social media, as well as the whole thing being leaked before the speech. His estuary tones, literally, his Twitter handle lists his location as Essex slash Kensington, are a breath of fresh air in this one. In a group of posh kids sat around a board game in the corner of a youth club, he sounds like the one you might catch a joint off. Mind you, he still calls him Rishi and reminds us that Snap Polling said 46% approved of this budget. It seems the wagger chancer can't do much wrong. There's not a lot of interplay between these dweebs. That could be the fact they're all on Zoom, of course. But it does make it feel a bit stage-managed. Tanya sounds as showbiz as you'd expect a pensions expert to sound, despite her glittering billing as a special guest. Georgie's back and her script's no more natural. She congratulates Tanya and her team for tirelessly campaigning, another only-in-the-paper construction. Now, they shone a light on a pension underpayment, which meant 200,000 women over 70 missing out, and that tireless campaigning means it's been reversed. Now, if my slightly pedestrian podcast had achieved such brilliance, it would have been the focus of my next episode. It should be there front and centre. Also, I'd prep Tanya better to tell her story in a less rambly way. Hey, and this is really groundbreaking. I might have considered using some audio in this audio medium. It's not all about the words. We don't hear from any women or families affected, or ladies, as this gang insists on referring to them. We don't even hear a clip of Rish, uh, sorry, Sunak. Very odd call and sounds a bit lazy. Simon bigs up the really good journalism that's been done here, not unreasonably. He's rightly proud of the This Is Money story that led to this correction by the Treasury, but it sounds slightly self-serving and inexplicably buried in the body of the podcast. When something amazing happens on your podcast, don't be afraid to rearrange the regular furniture and make a feature of it. Then we're into the long reads of the budget. They talk about fiscal drag, missing the obvious Rishi RuPaul gag. How recouping some of the virus spend means being unconservative by lifting taxes. And more on this later tax day that's expected. Then we get super nerdy. Simon references real listeners to this podcast. Lee talks about free ports and their likely jobs impact. And the idea of escape velocity in this budget. It's the regular newspaper podcast opportunity missed. Get a group of pretty wised-up journos together, get them to spaff on about what they know, but do it inexplicably like a live radio show. A live radio show that uses none of radio's conceits, branding, recaps, direct connection with the audience, or even warmth. Tighten the edit, guys, and throw out convention when one-offs like your campaigning deserve to be celebrated. (laughs) 
another earnest whatever the collective noun is for journalists now. Tortoise is the Kickstarter started and subscription funded news site for chin strokers who prefer the bizarrely named Slow News that former BBC News boss and Times editor James Harding is now hawking. It's supposed to cost £80 a year or a tenner a month to access Tortoise. I googled that and actually had to navigate plenty of links about buying an actual tortoise, which is a very different thing. 80,000 people have done just that, though, according to the banner on the tortoise front page. Although so much of their content seems to be readily available, you might wonder why they bothered. One such freebie is the podcast Sensemaker, a nicely brief daily unpacking of a story in the news, arrogantly branded like it's the only place that's telling the story. I checked out the edition dealing with Piers Morgan's petulant departure from ITV over his response to the Chuckle Brothers on Oprah. Speaking of which, 73 days now since Archwell released any audio. How's that investment looking, Mr Eck? I was keen to see what slow news made of a story that had been widely covered elsewhere. There's a monocle-like sounder and a posh girl voiceover, The Sensemaker, it says. Then, hi, I'm Claudia, and this is Sensemaker from tortoisemedia.com. One story every day to make sense of the world. Today, the fall of Piers Morgan and whether it's just a ploy. See previous editions about what I think of surnameless podcasters. We're straight into a clip, presumably from a fast news provider like Radio 4, announcing the news that Morgan had gone. Then a well-written script. Whether you like him or not, starts Claudia drawing me into the story. There's another clip, this time the famous one of Morgan arguing with a millennial guest about their aversion to touching chicken, played over the same busy generic synth. But is this the story of the man who talks too much... Or is it all just part of the show, asked Claudia. Two bits of the Oprah chat next. I hope they got permission for all of these clips. Then another of the Good Morning Britain opener from Monday's show with that beautiful theme tune. That was written by Henry Gorman, a former member of the Far Corporation, Fact Fans. Two more clips of the Morgan Row, then his response from other news organisations, well linked by this Claudia person, until we're into the meat any kind of actual tortoise analysis. First, we need to rewind a little, she says, to Carolyn McCall becoming the CEO of ITV with her More Than TV campaign and Britain Get Talking Mental Health Initiative at the channel. But mental health is still a raw subject for them after the three Love Island suicides and the Jeremy Kyle cancellation. The network has completely reviewed its duty of care, says McCall, in a clip from a parliamentary hearing last year. So when its number one presenter trashes Megan's mental health issues and 41,000 complaints arrive at Ofcom, it's a big issue. Cue another clip of Alex Beresford, surely the first time a weatherman from Plymouth has been cast as David against a media Goliath, and the actual walkout that we've all seen about a gazillion times since Monday. She says the clip is Piers in a nutshell, the showman, and he knows what makes good TV. On Tuesday, GMB beats the BBC's inexplicably popular breakfast for the first ever time, and suddenly Piers is at the centre of the story. Cute clip of his doorstepping and talking about swords and bilge. He's well on the path to his next gig, whether that's Andrew Neil's GB News or Murdoch's News UK TV. He's become the centre of a story that was never about him, says Claudia. This row has set him up to be back on screen, probably sooner than you think, and probably louder than ever. That leaves her a minute or so to plug Tortoise, the newsroom behind the sensemaker, as she describes it, which she does, but also tells us about the slow newscast, yet another freely available podcast from them. 
I like Claudia, although what she adds is beyond me. Crediting a Xavier Greenwood for writing and producing The Sensemaker. Sounds like she's just a voice on a stick from that. And although this short-form news piece is a well-cut seven and a half minutes, it's mainly other people's clips and the same microwave speculation about where we'll see Morgan next, rather than the fuller picture promised in Tortoise's many holier-than-thou treaties about journalism. I'm John Ryan, weary-eared and disappointed for Podroast. This week with This Is Money from the Daily Mail and The Sense Maker from Tortoise Media. I listen to these so you don't have to. Hello and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.